Okay. Welcome to Red Star Reviews, the podcast, season two, episode eight. Uh, the one about the SPSFC. Um, it's been quite a while since I've recorded an episode of the podcast. Uh, it is currently November. The last episode released was in July. I hope y'all listened to that one. That one was a lot of fun. It was a conversation with Death of a Rubricist about um, Warhammer 40k and the War of the False Primarch and like about just hobbying in general. And it was an absolute blast to record. And um, at the very least, y'all should listen for his amazing accent because, uh, yeah, I'm telling you. He could do more podcasts and um, would steal my listeners in a heartbeat because definitely has the just rocks the English accent. OK, but um, moving right along, um, I just wanted to go ahead and record a new episode of the podcast. I've been missing it and always have a lot of ideas bouncing through my head for what I want to share. The problem is finding the time and opportunity. But, you know, as discussed back when I was... Um, when I told y'all that we were going to be having some children, uh, I realized that time would be, we'll just say, at a premium. Um, so it's difficult to fit in reading, writing, podcasting, um, making and painting miniatures, and uh, a job, and a family, and all those fun things. So yes, the episodes of the podcast are fewer and far between. But I appreciate the fact that y'all listen and that y'all are here and I'm so thankful for you and I still love making this podcast. So moving right along, um, what is the SPFC? Um, That is the Self-Published Science Fiction Competition, uh, which is in its inaugural year and I am one of the judges for that competition. We have 10 teams of judges. And I get to work with Team Red Stars, which is made up of a wonderful group of people. Um, I will link to their um, Twitter profiles or their uh, blog sites, their blog sites, yeah, in the uh, notes of this episode. And would love for y'all to check out um, their blogs. They are wonderful, wonderful people with great taste in books. And I'm thrilled to get to work with them. Um but what we do, we're, we're a team for the SPFC. And what the SPFC is, it's a competition that takes around 300 self-published science fiction books. Um, each team of 10 gets allotted about 30 books. And each team reads at least 10 to 20% of all 30 of those books. Then upon reading 10 to 20% of those 30 books... Um, the team will get together and vote on which ones they want to continue upon and read the entirety of. Uh, And they're only allowed to pass 10 books into that next stage. Once they voted on that, they then read all 10 of those books in its entirety and then vote upon them in a ranking system and pass the top three ranked books on into the overall competition. So each team of... um, judges, of which there's 10, will read at least 10 to 20% of 30 books, uh, and then read 10 books in their entirety, pass three books along into the overall, and then all of the judges will read each of those books that get passed into the overall. 
Um, from there, we'll uh, rank them, and from those rankings, we'll pick the finalists and the number one book that wins the overall self-published science fiction competition, which is a lot of reading, y'all. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's a ton of reading. It has kind of um, taken over the majority of my reading schedule. Uh, the good news is I'm discovering a lot of really great books in the mix of this, Um it's been a lot of fun. One of the things that I really wanted when I um, signed up to be a judge in, in this competition was I, I wanted to be able to discover the feeling of when I was a kid going into different libraries and just finding a science fiction book that I'd never heard of, picking it up and reading it and just being blown away and just being amazed. And that was my hope in coming in this competition. Uh, I was wanting to find some science fiction that I would not have found otherwise that would just grab a hold of me and would be impressive to read and that I would truly enjoy. The good news is I've already encountered that inside our allotment of, we actually started with 31 books, and inside of that I've already found some books that are like that, and that's amazing to me. Now, the the goal of the SPFC is really to bring visibility to these self-published science fiction books. To try and generate more reads and reviews for them, to try and put them in front of readers, even more so than just finding the quote-unquote best book that year. Um, our goal really is to try and draw readers into these self-published science fiction books to give them a wider audience and help people go ahead and just take a chance on picking one of those up instead of just... Uh, hoping for a traditional published author. So, and there's nothing wrong with traditional published. There's nothing wrong with self-published. Um, it's just, I know from just talking to other readers, a lot of people are more willing to take a risk of their time when it comes from a traditional publisher that they trust um, rather than self-published. But we really are in a renaissance age of self-published science fiction and fantasy, y'all. It's amazing the quality of books that are out there that are being self-published. Um, so the goal is to try and bring attention to them more. So where are we as Team Red Stars? Where are we in this journey? Well, we have completed the initial what's called quote-unquote slush pile reading of 10 to 20% of all 31 of our books. Then we got together and we discussed it and we voted. And um, from that 31, we cut 21 books, which was incredibly hard. And a couple of my favorites got cut, and that was heartbreaking. Um, and we narrowed it down to just 10 books, which all of us are going to sit down and read all 10 of those books. So one of the goals of this podcast is just to introduce you to those 10 books. You might have already noticed on Goodreads I've added those 10 books into my currently reading, um, or you might have already been following my blog and seen the blog post that revealed those 10 books, um, or this might be all brand new to you. That's absolutely fine. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the, the title and the author of those 10 books and just kind of a short synopsis of what that book is or what it kind of is hitting me as. Now, these are coming in no particular order. Um, they're not even alphabetical. It's just the order that I wrote them down. So that way I made sure that I had all 10 and I didn't sit here and waste your time trying to remember it and have to pause the podcast. So I went to go find it. 
Um, so we shall start with Zenith by Arshad Ashanuddin. And I may mispronounce a few of these names. If so, I do apologize. As a lifelong reader of fantasy and science fiction, I realize sometimes the pronunciation of the words that I see and that I pronounce in my head are not exactly the same way that they should be pronounced when said. So if I mispronounce anything, I do apologize. Um, but Zenith is, it's amazing. Like, I'm really enjoying this. Right from the first few pages, you just kind of get sucked right into the story. It's it's a space opera that's taking place in the solar system where mankind has started going around the solar system, but we haven't quite made the jump into uh, space travel and going to other star systems. And the opportunity is here. And it's a questionable opportunity brought about by questionable methods and questionable people. And they're seeking other questionable people to come on board and take the risk of the star flight itself. And, um, Y'all, I'm really enjoying this. Like, it, it it doesn't fit traditional norms of expectations. And I love a good space opera. The character interaction and the character creation is really well done. And it's just a book that's already grabbed my attention. And so I'm really looking forward to getting to read the rest of Zenith by Arshad Ashanuddin. I do recommend any of these books. Please, by all means, Look them up. I'll have a link to my blog post that links to each one of these books um, to make it so easy for you to find them so you can give it a read. Um, another book. Uh, now, this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. This one surprised me that it made it into our top 10, and it didn't just make it into our top 10 by the skin of its teeth. This was a unanimous decision. Um, the book title is Of Cinder and Bone, it's by Kyoko M. Um, y'all, the dialogue and character interaction in this book is amazing. Like, I just love it. It, it, it is, it's just so much fun to read. Like, really, it's just incredibly entertaining. So this book is a science fiction book that apparently takes place in a slightly alternate Earth. And um, it involves dragons. Now, I haven't reached the dragons yet, so I'm looking forward to reaching the dragons and figuring out exactly how it's science fiction, but apparently they're bringing science to bring back dragons or something along those lines. But y'all, it's interesting, and, and regardless of whatever happens in the story, I really am invested in these characters and their interactions and their dialogue, and if you've been a longtime listener to the podcast and a follower of me on Instagram or Twitter or any site, you know that I value character interactions and dialogue so very much. That's one of the things that grabs me and entertains me and pulls me into a story. Um, honestly, character development is one of the most important things to me. It's why I love Hallmark movies. And as it's getting close to the Christmas season, I'm just throwing that in there that, uh, yes, I am a proud watcher of Hallmark movies. It's not even a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasure. I love it. And I love it because of the character development that takes place inside those story arcs. Now, I'm not saying Of Cinder and Bone is a Hallmark movie by any means or stretch of the imagination. But what I'm saying is I am digging the um, character interaction and the character development. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops throughout the course of the whole story. And like said, that was a unanimous vote into it. There wasn't even any controversy. That went straight in. And every single one of us was like, wow, everyone's loving this book. So highly recommend it. Um, 
Another one of the top 10 is Refraction by Wick Welker. Now, this one is intriguing. It's really mysterious. Uh, I know that it involves some form of time travel and some form of communication through time and space and dimensions. And that's about what I know about it. Um, but I can say that the character, the main character is a very compelling character that, uh, like I voted thumbs up for this one to go into the next, next one, just because I wanted to know what happens with that character. What's the story? What's going on? Um, what is it about? So I'm, th this one was really intriguing to me because it's mysterious and normally I don't go in for time travel. I'll just be honest with you. That to me is a trope in science fiction that honestly is a little bit too played out. Um, I, I just, yeah, yeah, it's played out a lot, but this one's doing it in an intriguing fashion. That's making it interesting to me again. And that's what I'm looking for in these books, something that makes science fiction interesting. And so I'm excited to be reading Refraction by Wick Welker. Um, moving right along, we have Extinction Reversed by J.S. Morin. Um, now, Extinction Reversed has something that, again, is something that draws me right into a story. Uh, not just dialogue, but something that I, I, I love and I look for inside of stories is the character, and uh, how to put it, an ancient outsider that's not of the human race who is looking in on the human race. You know, like a vampire, right? Um, those sorts of characters always just like get me and draw me in because I'm always sitting there thinking, okay, how would a long-lived look upon humanity if they were slightly removed from humanity? Like, would they be bored with us? Would they be entertained with us? How would humanity come across to them? And Extinction Reversed it does not appear to be about uh, vampires at this time, um, but it is about uh, artificial intelligence and androids, which were created by humanity. And then you can tell by the title, something went extinct. It was us. Humanity went extinct. And now those androids are trying to find ways to bring humanity back. And they think they might have succeeded. And one of the more ancient androids is... Um, a featured character which is getting involved in this so it's it's intriguing this one's interesting i know i keep saying intriguing a lot for all of these books and they really are um which is good because i want to be intrigued by a story i want to be drawn in um age of order by julian north is the next book on the list uh now that book um right from the get-go puts you into class warfare that's the best way to put it you're seeing class warfare firsthand you're seeing uh inequality based upon financial strata or based upon race or based upon gender you're seeing all that right from the get-go um and then it's going it's addressing it and it's taking it on and that's very good that's very interesting i'm enjoying that uh, the main character is a very strong uh, female lead character, and, and she's just interesting. Like, she has an, a, a great ability at running. That ability puts her into the spotlight, um, and she gets an offer to a prestigious uh, 
college, which can help take her out of the social strata that she's in and place her into another one. If she can survive all of the pressure and judgment that she's going to get by moving up. But this would be the perfect opportunity to be beneficial to her family who needs help. Um, but in looking into why she's making this offer, they basically have to have a quota of people from her region of the city. And the um, previous person who is in that region, something dire happened to that person. So she's stuck in a little bit of a mystery in the midst of it. You get all that within the first 10 to 20% of the book. And it's really interesting. So that one's that one. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. I want to see what happens to the character and to the interactions. Um, so it's a dystopian sci-fi and looking forward to seeing where it goes. Um, the Shepherd Protocol by Fowler Brown is an interesting one. Um, the cover is a very unique cover. Yeah, you can tell they put a lot of care and a lot of love into that cover. Um, I like it. I really dig it. Uh, but it's, um, it started off, it's got androids in Boston, which I got to visit Boston not too long ago. So that was really cool. I was just visualizing the place and visualizing an android trying to sneak through that area. But this android also comes into conflict fairly early on. Um, I'm not entirely sure where the story's going and what it all involves. Uh, but I do know that this android is seeking out other people that can be of assistance to it. And hopefully shed light upon the world that they're in. So I'm looking forward to some illumination getting sh uh, sh shown upon this world. But I'll be honest with this one. The first, the first little bit of it, the first uh, opening part of it, I wasn't that interested in the book. I thought, mm, I don't think this one's going to appeal to me. And then I read just a little bit more. And then read just a little bit more. And I'm like, ooh, I want to see what happens. Ooh, I want to see what happens next. So the, the ability of the author to craft a story that just draws you in and makes you want to p turn the pages is a great gift. And I'm looking forward to reading The Shepherd Protocol and seeing how it goes. Now, a book that from the start just smacked me in the face and said, this might be potentially your favorite book, is Above the Sky by J.W. Lynn. Um, Above the Sky is like... It's awesome, y'all. It's really, really neat. It is a dystopian. Um, now, apparently there's been some form of an apocalypse. There's a war going above the sky. Uh, people are living in very specific roles. And uh, by the time you are 18 years old, your future gets determined for you. And you have to go and live in a specific role with a specific significant other that gets assigned to you. Um, and which... That kind of sounds awful that they're picking out all those things for you. And this is the story of a young lady who's trapped in the midst of all that, who believes that her life should be something different. Um, she has a twin sister. There's been a couple plot twists that caught me completely off guard. And y'all, like, I can't say enough good things about this story. This story is really interesting. Above the Sky is one that I think that everyone should go ahead and read. Like I said, I'm only 20% into it. But I'm loving it. I am absolutely loving this book. So um, go ahead. If you want to read along with us, grab that one. Give it a shot. And you'll see what I mean. That self-published science fiction is going through a renaissance. And we don't need to sleep on these books. Um, moving right along. We're also reading Wherever Seeds May Fall by Peter Cauldron. And I am um, 
not understating this when I say that this was a few of our team's favorite book that they early on sampled. Um, this one, uh, the, the interactions between the characters within the first chapter really captured the minds of a lot of our, our team members and made everyone interested in kind of seeing where the story goes. And honestly, I'm getting strong rendezvous with Rama feels from this one. I already know it's a novel about first contact because you get that right from the little explanation of it, which of course makes you make the comparisons with Rendezvous with Rama, but I'm just kind of feeling it while I'm reading along, which is a good feeling because when I was a kid, I read Rendezvous with Rama and I really enjoyed it. Um, Now, I'm going to digress just a little bit. I've gone back and read it as an adult and I think that Arthur C. Clarke lacked uh, an ability to describe good personal interactions. He could craft a world and create a world and create technologies and systems and stories that were great. But his weak point was emotions and humanity, if you ask me, when it comes to his writing. Now, the good news is, with Wherever Seeds May Fall, that's not a weak point in this author. That's a strong point in this author. So you're getting incredible human interaction in the midst of a first contact novel. So that's really neat. I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, another book inside of this, uh, is The Trellis by Jules Cantor. Now, um, one of our team members, I'm pretty sure that this is their favorite book so far out of the competition. Uh, I won't say which one, but they've been loving it and, um, that's awesome to see. And, uh, this one, it's, it's an extremely detailed story, uh, and, Sometimes when I get caught up in a a detailed story, um, I worry that I'm going to miss something important. So um, I like trying to read a little bit fast, and sometimes a detailed story throws me out of that and makes me have to read a little bit slower, um, just because I'll go back and try and reread something to make sure I'm not missing some foreshadowing. Um, This one is interesting, though, I will admit it, and uh, from what uh, my fellow team member who has read, who has actually finished the book, already has said, I have a lot to look forward to in this book. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the the story that they are foreshadowing, I want to see where that develops and where it goes. I'm really interested to see where it, what, where it leads, all these details, if they're pulled together into just a story that just, it will be something special. I'm, I'm really interested in it. But it's a, it's a sci-fi mystery so far. Uh, it's dystopian United States of America, uh, um, where, Apparently, jobs are incredibly scarce, and this is weighing on a lot of people. And um, someone just got murdered right from the get-go that we really don't know them, so it's kind of hard to know what the significance of the murder is. But I believe that's going to be drawing together some of the key people that they're introducing. I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, So that covers nine of the ten books. And the 10th book on the list is Dog Country by Malcolm F. Cross. And y'all, first off, Dog Country has one of the best covers um, in the competition. And secondly, one of the best stories in the competition so far. It's really interesting. So it's a military sci-fi dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder. But in the science fiction book, what they've done is they created these... um, canine superhero soldiers um and they became the mercenaries who would fight the wars for us but now this group is back from the wars 
and having to deal with the trauma that happened in the wars and also having to deal with the fact that they were raised solely to kill. They weren't raised to be able to deal with their emotions and try and be a normal part of society. And they are giant canine super soldiers. So how do they fit back into a normal society? How do they handle emotions and interactions when they don't know how to interact with others? And um, y'all, that's just an amazing premise. It's really intriguing. It's really interesting. Uh, The way it's kind of approaching post-traumatic stress disorder and kind of studying the effects of warfare on humans by looking at it through this lens and by trying to show you how difficult it can be to refit into society is just absolutely intriguing. And the story is extremely well done and very well written. And it's done in a way that you just want to read the next page and see what's going to happen. And you're invested into these characters right from the get-go. Um, so there you have it. Uh, a quick run through the the names again. Refraction, Zenith, Absender and Bone, Extinction Reversed, Age of Order, Above the Sky, The Shepherd Protocol, Wherever Seats May Fall, The Trellis, and Dog Country. Those are the top 10 books for Team Red Stars out of our initial allotment of 31 books. Um, these books, we're going to read all 10 in their complete entirety. Once we read all 10, each one of us on the team are going to rate the book. Um, on a, uh, We have a little bit of discussion to do inside of here, but the suggestion was on a scale of 1 to 10. Um, once we rate those on the scale of 1 to 10 individually, we'll go together and all of our team will look at the scores overall. Uh, we'll break any ties, uh, which we had to break quite a few ties in the uh, initial cuts. So I'm sure there will be some ties in this top 10. And we'll narrow that down to the top three books out of our allotment. So once we get those top three books, we're going to pass them on into the overall crew where all of the teams of judges are going to read those three books and we'll read all the other teams' three books. And from there, we'll pick out the um, the winners, basically. Uh, as stated, the goal is to go ahead and bring more notice and more attention to these amazing self-published science fiction books. Um, so uh, our team uh, in a couple blog posts also wrote short blurbs on all 21 books that were cut to go ahead and try and bring good attention to them because just because we cut them from the competition does not mean that they're not incredible books and not worthy of your attention. Uh, like I said, a couple of my favorites that I was really hoping was going to make it into our top 10 and potentially top three got cut in the initial allotment and that still stings a little bit because I was really looking forward to reading them for this competition and now I have to read um, the rest of the book so I'm having to put those on hold but I'm intending to go back and read those once I have time and give them a proper review as well to go ahead and continue to put eyes upon it and a couple of the members of my um, team also have gone ahead and uh, they were able to go ahead and read their faster readers than I am and they're able to go ahead and read more of the books. So their goal is to read all 31 of our initial books and give reviews of all 31. So that's been really awesome to see, which is why I'll link to their blogs inside the um, notes for this episode. So that way y'all can go take a look at them and get a little bit more information on the books. Um, and I hope that y'all get a chance to enjoy them. Uh, and um, yeah, that's going. That's what's going on with the SPFC. Um I've really been enjoying being a part of this competition. I'm I'm thrilled at the opportunity. 
And uh, I believe the overall winner won't be announced until next year. Uh, we don't have to have our 10 books completed until January, I believe. And so the next round of this we're, we'll get to where we're cutting from 10 to 3 will be in mid-January. And uh, then we'll move into the next stage of it. So I hope you all follow along. There's a very active Twitter presence. Um, there is a Facebook group for the SPFC if you all want to join and follow along there. Um, there's a very active Twitter presence if you follow the hashtag. Um, the, uh, there is also uh, a sports group that uses that hashtag. So it's quite entertaining to see some of the um, sports mixed in with the book reviews. Uh, but this has been an awesome competition. And I also, uh, I, before I go any further, I also want to just say thank you to my team of judges and to all the other teams of judges. I know that this is a lot of work upon everybody. It's a lot of reading and, um, you basically are having to set aside a lot of time to invest inside of this competition. Um, now the return is you're getting to read amazing stories. Yes. Um, but I know it's a lot and I appreciate that and I respect that. And so thank you to all of y'all. And also I want to say a special thank you to all of the authors who are willing to put their books into a competition and especially uh, a big thank you to all those who have responded so graciously after the initial cuts, if their book was cut. Um, we've had several authors that have just been, I mean, just amazing, very classy, and uh, that goes a long way. And there are several books that I've already notated that I want to read um, that weren't necessarily even part of my allotment, but the authors were just such a class act that I've just been impressed by them. And and that says a lot for the character of the person. So I'm interested in reading their books. But it also, it, it takes a lot to go ahead and put your book into a competition like this. And especially especially since these ratings and rankings and the reviews are so subjective. So you might be writing a dystopian and novel and the people who are judging it don't like dystopian novels, but love space operas that can make it a little bit tricky. Um, now, hopefully all the judges are able to look beyond just personal preference and judge a book upon its merits, but there's always a human element inside of this. So we know that everything will not be perfect, but hopefully by having teams working at it, uh, that's able to help draw out the better aspects of this and have more communication on what needs to advance. So um, I think that that can open some really good doors for everybody. And I'm very excited to see what comes of this competition. I'm looking forward to these 10 books that I'm going to be reading in their entirety. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting to come back and talk with you all about that. Um, in other news, uh, I still am continuing on uh, reading The Horse Heresy in the midst of this because, I mean, y'all, I'm like 52 books invested into the series, so that ain't getting put on hold for nothing. <laughs> what I've started doing to go ahead and help with the time, um, I'm listening to The Horse Heresy's audiobooks, which are amazing. Um, they got a really great readers for that. So I'm listening to The Horse Heresy on audiobook uh, during my commutes to and fro work. Well, so that way I can focus my reading, reading time on the uh, self-published science fiction competition and my commute time on um, uh, just enjoying some horse heresy. Uh, like I said, I'm on book like 
52 or 53. It gets a little bit vague. <laughs> I'll have to check. I didn't write that down beforehand, but I just started Heralds of the Siege, and it's a short story collection. Normally, the short story collections are the weakest part of the series, but this one was actually really good. I've been enjoying it so far. Um, I'm past the halfway point, so I'll be moving on to the next book soon. Um, for those of you who are just saying, how on earth do you read a 50-plus book series? Um, I believe The Horse Heresy has 55 or 56 books in it, and then it quote-unquote closes, but then the conclusion series launches, and that's called The Siege of Terra, which I think is scheduled to have 10 books inside of it. And um, the best way I've learned to read or to complete a never-ending book series is just never stop reading it. Just go ahead and pick up the next book as soon as you finish the, the one right before it. So that's been challenging, but very enjoyable. Um, one day I know I'll finish The Horse Heresy, and honestly, I'll be a little bit sad when I do. And there is the chance that I might just go ahead and pick it back up and start over at the beginning again. Because I've been very tempted lately just to go ahead and start reading the early books again. Um, because it is a really great series. I'm not trying to convince y'all to jump in on a, a 55 book series plus 10. Um, but... Uh, it's really good. And I, I led a group read of that book series um, the other year. And a lot of people who wouldn't have given a shot otherwise picked it up and tried it and found that the opening book was really quality. It was really good. Um, which, speaking of group reads and really quality, as you all know, The Deadbringer um, was a book that won my favorite book of the year uh, not too long ago. And that's one that I've mentioned frequently. Um, it is written by E.M. Markoff, and it is the first book of the Eldorette series. Uh, well, the author recently announced that they intend to release the second book in the series in uh, late 2022. So I am incredibly thrilled about that and um, to help encourage people because y'all have heard me mention this before, but The Deadbringer is one of those books that... If there's a list of books that you just, as a reader, want other people to read and give a chance to, The Deadbringer is at the top of my list. It is a self-published uh, self fantasy book, and it's a dark fantasy book that mixes in horror elements, and it is, it's amazing. Y'all, the character interactions and the dialogue of this book are some of the best that I've ever encountered in my lifetime of reading, um, which is why I believe in it so much. I led a group read of it the other year, and pretty much every single person who picked it up in the group read loved it. I mean, loved it. Um, so I've already I've already told the author that um, what all what I intend on doing to help promote the book is I plan on in 2022 I'm going to set up a group read of the Deadbringer um, prior to the second book getting released, and also I'll try and do a group read of the prequel. Um, to the Deadbringer, which was also released. I, I, of course, as always, I recommend reading uh, the Deadbringer before reading the prequel. That's why we'll do it in that order for the group read. And that's going to launch into right when the new book is released, I will do a group read of the brand new book, The Faceless God, um, because I just so believe in this book series and in, in, in that if you give it a chance, you're going to love it. 
Um, even if you don't think fantasy is your thing or dark fantasy is your thing, I think if you sit down and read this book and read these characters and read this dialogue that you were just going to absolutely love the Deadbringer. Um, so if you're interested in group reads or if you've ever taken part in one of my group reads in the past um, and want to join in, I think that you will truly enjoy the experience. They're, they're a lot of fun. I haven't been hosting any recently for obvious reasons. Um, having the little kids run around and learning. Uh, it, it's amazing how much my three-year-old and one-year-old have taught me about trying to be a parent or I'm trying to teach them how to be a, you know, a person. Um, but that, yeah, that does take up a lot of my spare time. But um, these books are well worth it. So this is one of those where I'm going to um, jump right back into having group reads and I'm going to host those in 2022. Uh, so be on the lookout for that and for more information about that. And, uh, yeah, that's where things are. And, um, and on, on just a personal note, I appreciate all y'all, uh, listening and, um, uh, staying subscribed <laughs> to my podcast so that once every few months you get a notification and an update hope you listen to it and love it if you do um please be sure to give it a positive review and spread the word uh, about the new episode and uh, I, I always appreciate that and i do read your all's reviews and, and take them to heart and if you'd like to talk or mention anything i'm always available you can reach out on instagram you can find me at red star reviews uh, you can find me on Twitter at Red Star Reviews, or you can email me, redstarreviews at gmail.com, and I will be more than happy to chat. I hope that all of you and yours are staying safe, healthy, and well, and I appreciate you. Um, please check out, uh, go to Twitter and check out the SPFC, um, and check the show notes where you can find the links to the uh, blog where I link to all 10 of these top 10 books. And also where I link to my fellow team members' um, blog pages, so that way you can uh, check them out as well. And I hope uh, y'all are staying healthy and doing well. Thank you so much for listening to Red Star Reviews. I appreciate you. Bye.